Good morning and welcome to your Better Lawns and Gardens program. It's the end of May. Can you believe it? So what should we be doing from any Celeus fertilizer application till fall? And in a few days, it will be hurricane season. We have already had one named Storm Anna, but it went out to sea, luckily. Now, here's the question of the day. What is the most frequent seen bird in Florida and surrounding states? This is from a survey, and I'll have the results in just a little bit. And the quiz for our gang here. You can play along, too. Good morning again. I'm Tom McCubbin, a host of Better Lawns and Gardens, along with Teresa and Joni. I'm also an extension agent emeritus with the University of Florida. And our books for those who love gardening include Month-by-Month Gardening in Florida, Florida's Getting Started Guide, and Teresa has a whole compendium series, most recently Gardening with the Senses. So they can pick that up, right? They can. They can go on to Amazon. Uh, they can go on to Barnes & Nobles, and they can order online, or they can go to my website, she-consulting.com. I, I, I love Amazon because you can find my books old and new. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I always try and pick them up, and I always have them on hand. I wear them out, Tom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm always happy to see somebody come up with a book of mine, and they ask me if I'll sign it, and it's been worn and dirty. I think, wow, what yep. a great thing. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, by the way, for this hour uh, for Better Lawns and Gardens. We're awaiting your phone calls. We have an operator standing by. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joni uh, at uh, 407-916-5400 or our toll-free number one triple eight forty five lawns uh, Or you can uh, text me at 23680 at any time, which is kind of neat. Even if we're asleep here on set, you can go ahead and text us. <laughs> it's a good time to have that gardening question answered. Hour number one, Tom Payne drops by with P&L Lawn Maintenance and Irrigation in Orange and Sarasota areas and he says it's dry and we'll have some landscaping suggestions he sent me a picture by the way of a beautiful poinciana tree also known as a flamboyant tree it is flamboyant it's gorgeous and Joni and i saw a whole flock of sandhill cranes this week so that's the topic that she's going to take care of for us neat birds actually uh hour number two teresa and i'll be getting ready for memorial day and and uh, have some of the traditions flowers and and what have you, right? Sure, and we're going to be doing containers. If you'd like to do a, you know, a, a memorial container for red, yeah. white, and blue, I'll give you some suggestions on Florida plants that will, will that will look really good and do well. Sounds good. Web page is up for May, by the way. Get up there, betterlawns.com. Uh, Just a couple more days, and uh, again, our number here is one triple eight forty five lawns, or you can text me at two three six eight zero. Facebook up and running. Facebook is up and running, and we're doing well. Welcome to all our new listeners. We have a lot that has joined over the last week, and so we welcome them. And they can go up there, and you can post questions and also your photographs. We'd love to see those. Tell me the podcast story now. The podcast story. Okay, so um, when um, podcasts started becoming popular and I was doing my show in your backyard, it wasn't a priority, but I started uploading um, the podcast shows. Well, then as I switched here to uh, Better Lawns and Gardens, I started uploading all all of the hours, one and two. And this weekend, we are going to hit 10,000 listens wow. on our podcast. So we wow. really appreciate all our listeners wow, yes. and all our fans. So what do they fans. have to do to take advantage of that? They can go up to, uh, they can go up to uh, my website or they can go onto iHeartRadio iTunes, and even Amazon. We're listed on Amazon, too, as well. Very good. So uh, uh, bring bring us over 10,000. That's right. That's right. We want to hit it today. Okay. Let me introduce everybody making the program totally possible. Colton is at the controls, and Joni is good answering morning. your phone calls. There we go. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. 
Yeah. Good morning, Joni Colton. Yeah. And uh, by the way, we have a birthday this week. Whose birthday is it? Wow. It is Joni's birthday. She's the birthday girl. Yeah. On the second. And so, and then our daughter Melanie's three days later. Yeah. They, they were they were all born in about the same time, right, Joni? Uh, well, years later. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a wonderful birthday present for you. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to say how old Joni is. She doesn't want to be told. She doesn't want to be called. Old. I know, in total denial. <laughs> You're in trouble, Tom. <laughs> But anyway, uh, four trash cans full of yard debris this week, and I'm already working on the next four. So I will tell you that Tony is so impressed with your yard can debris. He just goes, where does he get all of his debris from? So t- what do you do in the yard to get all of your cans? This week it was pruning gingers that were out of control, the uh, uh, oh, seashell ginger. Uh-huh. You know how they get so big. They do. Yeah, and, and I'm cleaning out the garden now, things like, uh, oh, um Old cucumbers and old squash plants will yeah, be coming out. Yeah, all the spring vegetables. Yeah, those are all coming out now. Petunias, Joni was pulling out the petunias, or cleaning out the, the the planters that we have. Wow. And so, uh, but you have to realize we have a half an acre to work from. I know. That's what I was telling Tony that you've got a big yard. I mean, it's kind of uh, you know uh, not visible. From the yeah, street. you would never know it. Yeah. You would never know that, it. But that's, that's what a half sold, acre. That's, that's what sold us on that house uh, when we saw it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's not as big as I'd like it to be, but uh, yeah, Joni wow. says that's all I can take care of, right, Joni? <laughs> she loves to mow, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, last call for fertilizer in many areas, right? It is the last call. There's a fertilizer ban going up in most counties. Uh, there is one here in St. John's River uh, Water Management District. And uh, you cannot fertilize again until October. So this is the time of the year to do it. And usually most of the fertilizers have 50% slow release. So it'll get them through the summertime. There's one out there now saying that up to six months. That's that's great, though. You know, they're a little bit more expensive, but they're you have to buy it less often. So it kind of works out that the price is really good. Yep. And uh, now some counties you will see fertilizer companies or lawn care companies still fertilizing, but they can get special permits. They do. Uh, ones like Orange County, for instance, even the homeowner can get a permit there. You have to go take a course and a test. And, and I think you do have to do a soil sample, don't you? Uh, that's for phosphorus. Just that's for, for, just, just for just phosphorus. phosphorus. Now, if you go to a neighboring county, such as Seminole, no fertilizing for anybody. So this weekend's the big magical weekend. I consult in Seminole County. And I just told the the landscape maintenance people there, you know, you either get your fertilizer down now or don't. Exactly. And that's important to do because you should put fertilizer down when the plants are growing. And that is the summertime. This includes uh, shrubs and ground covers. It does exempt edible plants in in most areas. Yeah. Okay. You all ready for a quiz? Let's see. Is Joni up online? No, Joni's uh, over there waiting. Okay. You all ready for a quiz? This is the most popular birds, okay? Okay. And this is from the North American Breeding Bird Survey of 2019, sent to me by Birds and Blooms magazine. I love that magazine. Yes, yeah, very beautiful. Um, and Melinda, who writes there, we've known her for many trips that we've taken, which is kind of nice. Okay. Everybody ready? Multiple yep. choice for you. Okay. Most common bird in three states, actually, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Most common bird. Is it the blue jay? Is it the cardinal? Is it the crow? Or is it the downy woodpecker? Now, this is what people see, okay? Yeah. Doesn't mean the ones that are hiding in the bushes or something. It, but the most common bird in Georgia, Alabama, and Florida, is it the blue jay, the cardinal, the crow, or the downy woodpecker? Joni, you're first. 
Blue, uh, Blue Jay Cardinal, Crow, or Downy Woodpecker? Crow. Okay, Joni likes the crows. She feeds the crows. Okay, Colton. Blue Jay, Cardinal, Crow, Downy Woodpecker. Blue Jay. Okay, Teresa. And I, I my, the bird that I was thinking of isn't on there. Um, I'm going to say, oh, they both got the answers I would use. I, I'm going to say the Blue Jay. Okay, it's a Cardinal. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, cardinal. Would not have guessed that. We should have known that, Jody, with yeah. the red hair, right? Should have yeah. looked in his yeah. ma- Well, magazine. it may be that's what the people see. I don't uh, know. I would have thought it was a mockingbird. That's what yeah. I would have thought. Okay, well, uh-huh. I will see. This, this is another list here, and this is the most common birds throughout the year in the United States. This is another list, and the cardinal was number two at 34% frequency. And the blue jay is 28%. And you said the mockingbird? Yeah, I was thinking Let's the mockingbird. See. I don't even see the mocking, wow. the mockingbird. You would think, oh, yeah, mockingbird is number 23. That's 16%. amazing because you see them all the time. Okay, here you go. Most common bird in the northern states. Is it the red-winged blackbird? Is it the robin? Is it the crow? Or is it the morning dove, Teresa? Red-winged blackbird, robin, crow, or morning dove? Snowbird. Snowbird, right. They come to Florida. <laughs> I'm going to say crow. Okay. Joni? I'll say crow. Okay. Robin. Robin? Okay. You could have either said red winged blackbird or robin and been correct. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, Colton, crow. you got it. Yeah. Uh, let's see where everything was. The robin was number three. Morning dove, by the way, is number one throughout the United States as as seen on lists. I think that's because they love the bird crow. feeders. Yeah. Crow is number four. Blue Jays number five, and what else did I have on this uh, silly list here? Did I say yeah, American Crow was number four? Uh, Morning Dove was number one across the United States, but in the northern states, Red Wing, Blackbird, and Robin—it's kind of neat. That is amazing. Okay, Joni, what's what was what's the main bird most often seen? Do you know? I haven't got a, a selection here. Uh, I'll give it to you. Okay. It's the red-eyed vireo. Vireo. Oh. I don't even know that one. Well, oh. I know what the vireos are, but I think I, <laughs> I know the white ones, the white-eyed vireos. They're little they're little birds and they're greenish color. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't even list them here on the most often seen throughout the United States. It's just up there in the in Maine. And what we see a lot here is the Carolina wren also. The Carolina wren? I, yeah, I love them. I call them the box store birds. Because I always hear them in the box stores, oh, yeah. and they love them, the the ramps. And well, we were over a friend's house yesterday, and uh, it was nesting in a geranium plant. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Hey, hurricane season's coming up. Uh, tell you what, we'll give you some tips throughout the program because we got to go to a break right now. Uh, but one of them here, uh, you could do some trimming at this point in time. That's number one on my list. Could just trim some things back if they need it. Make sure they're not rubbing the house and. Get really close. That's damage. important because it's really hard to get a tree specialist to come out now. They're all so busy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And irrigation people. Forget it. Yep, yeah, it is. Tell you what, we'll be back. Tom Payne's around the corner. I'm Tom McCubbin, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. And good morning. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. I feel a little lonely here. No text messages. And it's two, working. Two, three, as far as I know, two, three, six, eight, oh. At least I see some things from some other programs there. We have, uh, we'll, we'll get to Tom in just a second, but you want to. Yeah, let's Alan? go to Alan in Merritt Island. Alan, you have a question for us. Good morning. Got about a minute, Alan. How can we help you? Hello, Alan. Not coming up today. 
Um, let's see. Good morning. Can uh, there you hear we, me? Yeah, yeah, we now, can. Now we can hear we you. Found you. We found you. <laughs> okay. How can we right, help I, you? I have two, two, two quick questions. Okay. The first question is about um, liquid atrazine uh, in reference to thing August before uh, dollar wheat. Uh, liquid atrazine versus uh, like a granular weed seed. I put the liquid my, down. If you and, want to get rid my, of the dollar wheat. Second, my second question is, is either one more or less toxic to, say, if you have a cat, that you see outside eating the eating the grass from every now and then. Do the one less or more toxic. You know, I don't know the toxicity of atrazine to uh, to cats. To no. be honest with you, the granules would be probably less. I'm just doing some thinking here because the liquid to do a good job to get the dollar weed, you need to spray it across the top. Actually, atrazine I find if it's sprayed across the top of weeds does does the best. Right. I think also, too, though, um, cats and dogs, unless they're really young um, cats and dogs, they have an instinct with it. They'll smell that grass and they're not going to eat it. So hopefully that, you know, would help. But I'm, I'm going to find out for you and we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Sounds good, okay. Alan. Okay. Thank you, Alan. Maybe maybe Tom Payne will know because he's putting yeah. these things out. Let's sure. Tell you what, let's get our good friend Tom Payne in. His company, Horticulturals of P&L Lawn Maintenance and Irrigation in Orange County and Sarasota, Florida. Uh, he has a whole list of other things, landscape manager. He's a horticultural graduate from the University of Florida. And the number there at the office is 407-273-9123. Tom, good morning to you. Good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning to you all. Yeah, and that question, let's, let's, let's uh, pin you down right here. The gentleman was talking about using granular in atrazine in weed and feeds or the liquid, and he's worried about his cats. Uh, you know, what should what should we tell him? Well, in most cases, in the 40-plus years I've been applying atrazine, I've never seen a, a problem with that. Um, I would think that they would have to ingest so much grass to become a problem um, that that would likely not happen. Although you could always have that one cat, just like yeah. somebody's allergic to mayonnaise. Sure. You know, um, But I, I would think in general you don't have to worry. If, if he's really concerned to water the lawn real good before he lets the cat out. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Now, I remember seeing you put out uh, atrazine, I think it was, from a pump-up sprayer, and, and you just put it across the top of the weeds in the lawns, and that seems to be about the best way to do it, is it? Absolutely. That's the way you get the best control. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Hey, Tom, I, I really appreciate the picture of the flamboyant tree, and, and you know there's one not too far from my house. Which you know, you can find a couple of them here in the area that, you know, have survived freezes and so on, and they're just such a welcome addition to the landscape. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is uh, you were mentioning it's getting dry out there, and I was just wondering, how's the dry weather affecting landscapes that you manage? Oh, my gosh, it's terrible right now, especially unirrigated properties. Um, basically, we've had to just pretty much uh, put the mowers away, do a little trimming here and there, and, you know, and do work on our detail work right now because if you don't have irrigation, your grass is really not growing. And if you do have irrigation, it's just more or less keeping it alive. It's not even growing that much there. You know, one a landscape maintenance company told me the same thing. They aren't mowing now. Isn't that that's something else? So nobody really should be mowing then right now. You want to keep those grass blades long, right? Right. I, you, you should, there's no reason to mow unless unless the grass has grown enough to, to, to warrant mowing. Yeah, Joni's got to mow this weekend, oh. Our, our, <laughs> ours is growing here. Yeah, you want to do one? Yeah, let's, what about watering trees and shrubs? How are you maintaining those right now, Tom? 
Well, you know, um, trees and shrubs are pretty um, drought tolerant as a rule. Um, and if you're watering your lawn, most of the nearby trees and shrubs are going to have roots under that lawn, so they're going to be watered at the same time. Uh, the only exception to that rule would be if they're brand new. If they're brand new, you're going to need to water them with a garden hose by hand daily until we get out of this drought. So what's the biggest challenge for uh, professionals uh, for landscapes right now? Uh, the biggest challenge right now is finding labor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will tell you, that's our, that's my situation. Yeah, you've had to delay uh, some jobs, right, Teresa? I've had to delay some jobs, and then also, too, I've had clients call me saying they you know, need someone to mow the lawn, and who can they get? And I say, good luck. Yeah, you find the same thing, Tom? Absolutely. Um, we've had to help one to sign up for a month now, and seldom do we even get applicants. So um, we're right now down about eight people. Wow. Uh, that's a lot. Yeah, that is something. Uh, we already talked a little bit about lawns, but uh, uh, as far as the watering and everything, uh, if we can mow, you know, a lot of people like to jockey the lawnmower blade around, but we don't have to change the height, uh, but just change directions, right? Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my recommendation for mowing is to set it the highest setting and leave it, leave it, leave it there year-round. And uh, it's nice if you can, when you're mowing your lawn, to change the directions each time. It, it'll, it'll, it'll leave you a more crisp lawn in the long run. Yeah, I see ruts in so many lawns. Just amazing. Here's the big question I always have for professionals. You know, how, how often do you uh, sharpen your mower blades, and how about the homeowner? How often should they do it? Well, a homeowner, depending on how much he uses his lawn mower and how big his lawn is, probably, you know, at least a couple times during the season. Um, as professionals, um, I would like to say we do it every day, but our <laughs> goal probably that's more reachable is once a week. Yeah, our, ours on Joni's lawnmower is once a year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Tom, what about colorful plants for use in beds and planters in summer? What should people, what could they use? Well, there's a, there's a number of plants that you can use to, to give you a little bit of color during the summertime. You're just going to have to, especially until we get into the rains, make uh, make sure that you can get the water to them. But um, some of my favorites are, are caladiums, marigolds, pentas, vinca, coleus, and if you've got a little shade, even sun patients are nice. I will tell you, vincas are wonderful. They will grow in cement, so they are a great <laughs> They also grow under very dry conditions. So that's nice, too. Yeah, now, we used to have a problem with the vincas, right? Are the newer varieties uh, more uh, tolerant? What, what was the problem? Downy mildew, wasn't it, or something like that? Well, that was you know, in, in um, patients, but the vincas had something else, phytophthora or something. Yeah. They used to, you know, I think people tend to overwater them when they were put in, and they would rot a lot. Um, uh, some of the varieties today seem to be a little bit more resistant, but they're still not immune. And I think, uh, Tom, isn't it, I've seen some uh, Apostles Iris this week that had rot down at the bottom. They had some disease issues. People can overwater even in drier times. Mm, that's so true. And uh, usually those are the same people that have problems with dollarweed. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. You know, the other one I see rotting out right now due to overwatering is Liripe or Liriope, however you want to pronounce it, and uh, just rotting right out in the center. Exactly. Well, those are probably in, in the shade because in the sunshine, they tend to uh, need a little bit more water. Yeah. No, no, not about it. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess the big question is with the bedding plants, can we still add them now? Yeah. Tom. Oh, absolutely. Just to make sure, but you've got to make amends to be able to water them. I mean, you've got to set that 
system up so that you can get water to them on a daily basis until they get established. You know what I find? That a lot of them sitting in the ground have dry root balls, even though the people are watering around them. And uh, they just don't water enough, I guess, huh? Well, you got to remember, you have a very small root ball, and you have a, a large foliage plant that's, you know, transpiring heavily, and so it, you've got to keep the root ball wet. You don't, the surrounding soil can be wet, and that's not going to help you at all. It's the root ball which needs to be watered. Yep. Uh, what gets pruned at this time of the year? Um, you know, what we're pruning right now is, is any hedge plants that need it. Um, we're going after low tree limbs. Uh, new shoots that are on the trunks of, you know, the oak trees and crepe myrtles and these kind of things. But um, we're trying to complete our pruning on azaleas and camellias for the year, and and that's about it right now. Tom, what about palm trees? Palm trees, I mean, how are they handling this dry weather? Um, palm trees are pretty drought tolerant, um, especially if they've been established in uh I don't think that I'd be overly concerned about um, adding an additional water to palm trees again unless they have been just recently put in. Yeah. Now, are you uh, planting trees and shrubs and palms at this time, or do you stop uh, during this dry weather? Well, we do still plant as long as we're um, assured that the homeowner or the commercial property has the ability to get supplemental water to those they can't rely on their irrigation they have to continue to water by hand or with a garden hose or something like that until we get through this period and if we're sure that they can do that then we will put them in okay so do you give trees extra care or trimming at this time uh, just just shaping as needed Teresa um, we don't like to overly prune trees I saw a beautiful crepe myrtle at uh, Epcot yesterday it was huge and I was thinking how many people had cut their crepe myrtles back, and there's no reason to cut them back, is there? No, I have arguments about that all the time <laughs> with uh, property managers, but, uh, and then, you know, of course, the customer's always right, so yeah. you, know, <laughs> you have to give in if they want it, but, uh, you know, I saw a crepe myrtle in New Orleans one time. The trunk diameter was probably about three feet, so you can imagine how old that wow. was. Wow, that is an old one. The figure, you know, the crepe myrtles came into the United States during the 1700s, the, the mid 1700s. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's a big one there. Yeah. Uh, so so anyway, yeah, anything else that we should be uh, doing or know about summer landscapes? Well, again, um, because it's dry right now, we're not seeing a lot of insect or weed growth um, because they're suppressed. And as soon as it starts to rain, you're going to see an abundance of insect activity. You're going to see an abundance of weeds starting to pop up. So if you can get into your beds now and get the weeds out, you'll be that much farther ahead. So, Tom, we're just right at the end of fertilizing season. How should people handle fertilizer if they're not getting any rain? Well, like you said, you really can't do much fertilizing anymore. Um, although I think that it's pretty much legal, as far as I know, that during the summer months, if you want to add a little bit of iron to your lawn, that'll that'll tend to keep it green uh, and get you through the summer months. It's, and, and it'll it'll take that yellowing out. Yeah, Tom, you serve Orange County and Sarasota area. Are there much differences between Sarasota and Orange County as far as the fertilizer rules and things? Yeah, Sarasota is actually a little bit, little bit more stricter, and uh, of course they're a little bit more drier too right now. So um, the environments—it's amazing how three hours will take a, you know the difference in the actual environment and what you've got to do. Yeah.
Uh, so that's interesting, traveling back and forth. And you see a lot of different plants also. Hey, I've got a question here you can help us with. This is a person that wrote this into us and says they've got a dry St. Augustine, and they claim they water. Uh, they said, what can we do besides watering? They're talking about adding a topping, aeration. Uh, uh, what would you do if you had a, a St. Augustine and it's still dry even though you, you feel you're watering? i got to find a feeling they aren't watering properly. Well, that's I get that question all the time, and and uh, the first thing I want to do is go to the site and look at the irrigation system because uh, most times people say they're watering, but the sprinklers may not be hitting where they need to to uh, hit, and usually with just a simple adjustment or maybe even trimming off a little plant uh, branch that may be blocking the sprinkler head will solve that problem. But if that wasn't the case, I'd probably consider some sort of a wetting agent. Yeah, wetting agents or aeration or both maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Hey, Tom, thank you very much. We appreciate you being with us, as always. Good information. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Thank you. I want to give you uh, just a guess on that bird, uh, the most famous bird. And and, and I'm going to go out on a limb here because I do a lot of shopping. I would say the the bird most often seen is the chicken. <laughs> you know, that's probably true, <laughs> if not the turkey. <laughs> okay, Tom, thank you very much. Tom Payne, Company Horticulturist of P&L Lawn Maintenance and Irrigation in Orange County and Sarasota, Florida. And the number for them is 407-273-9123. It's 407-273-9123, and that's P&L lawn maintenance and irrigation really a great guy and a lot of fun as you can tell uh, when we come back uh, uh Joni, Joni's gonna be here talking about a flock of sandhill cranes and we can take questions uh oh, yeah. text messages do we have text oh, yeah, messages yeah, there yeah, you woke up there. everybody, yeah, everybody woke, up. woke up when i call for him but give us a call one triple eight forty five lawns this is florida's talk and entertainment network And welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. Happy to have you with us. Uh, just remember, the, ra- the irrigation is to get us from one rainstorm to the next. It's not going to make up for a rains where you get everything nice and moist. Right. So they shouldn't try and, and bring everything up to the right amount of rainfall we're supposed to have. Just every two to three days, it just needs a little bit of water. Yeah, you shouldn't try to mimic the rainfall. Just get enough water to carry the plants through. And a lot of plants really don't need that much extra water. Now, overwatering is, one of them. overwatering is one of our major issues here in Florida. Yep. Joni, you ready? We got Joni here. There she is, getting her headset on. Uh, and let's bring her in. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Lately, Tom and I have noticed quite a few sandhill cranes while uh, we've been out traveling around. They're very beautiful, regal-looking, and an interesting bird to see. They are a very tall bird and a, a four foot tall and have a long neck a very long neck they do they have uh they bear forehead is bright red with white cheeks neck and body are blue to grayish brown and possibly reddish brown areas the sounds they make is bulging <laughs> a rattling of sound which many people have uh called haunting and beautiful and this sound can be heard for several miles i don't know <laughs> sandal cranes are often seen Along roadsides and pastures, farmlands, and freshwater marsh areas are possibly right in your own front yard. 
We have often to see them on golf courses too. They are mostly seen in small family groups or pairs. The males uh, stay with a mate for several years and their uh, young stay with their parents for about 10 months. I guess that after those several years of staying with their current mate, the males just move on. I was wondering what they did. <laughs> what do you think? Next. I don't know. <laughs> they <laughs> move on to another one. <laughs> okay. Their lifespan can be up to 20 years. Wow. Which is much longer than most. Birds and females. Uh, a lot, a lot of other birds. <laughs> now, what do you think they enjoy eating? What do you think? Um, my tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it isn't fish. They enjoy <laughs> plants and worms, snakes. Oh. Oh, lizards, huh. frogs, <laughs> mole crickets, or grub, grub worms. They would even enjoy some plants, <laughs> grains, so, acorns, or berries. Do they eat tomatoes? Uh, it doesn't mention, but I'm sure they do. <laughs> in 2002, Florida Fish Wildlife Conservation Commission made it illegal to feed the sandhill crane. How about hmm. that? Huh? Children have been attacked by them, and if they are fed by us, they can become very aggressive towards us and could also do <laughs> property damage. Hmm. So if you see a white, uh, a few while out traveling around enjoy the view then keep on moving and don't stop and try to touch or launch with them i have don't lunch. have lunch with them no lunch <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't share your lunch in no, other words that's it <laughs> is what you're trying to say yeah uh, we see them uh, very frequently now we do and on golf courses they uh they like to come near screen rooms and they'll peck at your screen room mm. uh you know the, the netting mm. so they're a little bit of a pest, but they look beautiful out in the wild. Yes, exactly. You know what bird eats my tomatoes? What? Cardinals. Because They'll of the red? they peck at them. I have no idea. They'll come in and peck at them. And mm. the other day, we had a tufted titmouse at the uh, at the gazing ball. Aww. And, and uh, Johnny, remember that? The bird uh, at yeah. the gazing ball just sitting there flapping all over the place? Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it saw a shadow in there. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> That's or wonderful. image or whatever. Let's go to Alice in Melbourne. Good morning, Alice. Hi, Alice. Yes, good morning. Um, I sent you an email, actually. Yes, I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's regarding crab, uh, crab, well, it's mostly torpedo, torpedo grass in my lawn. Right. It's killed about half of the lawn. Or, I mean, I've killed it with Roundup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe... Uh, using, I, I think maybe I should use Roundup up on the whole lawn because it, it just seems to be everywhere. And uh, <laughs> I just wondered um, the procedure of doing that. I understand, I've been told I should, after 10 days, I should see if any more roots come up and and water the ground and wait for the the plants to come up again because the roots are probably still down there. And um, and then put another dose of Roundup on it. Yep, and you and then wait another that's probably, ten days or so to. Yeah, what I mean, you need to do is turn your radio down to too. Do that before, yeah, before need I put, need to turn your radio down, Alice, because I can hear myself coming and going in the back there. But uh, yeah, what you're doing is right. You'll treat it 
then wait uh, for probably some rain or something. And if it comes back up, because I guarantee you there'll be dormant r- runners down there that'll come back up again. And, and so, yeah, that's what you're going to need to do. And that's what it says on the application that, you know, on the label instructions, you may have to have a repeat application 10 to 14 days later. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The, and do I cover the other plants in the lawn with big plastic no, bags when I no, plow? Nope, nope. Just make sure it doesn't drift on them. That's all. Yeah, and I wouldn't do it during a windy day. Yeah. No, it, it, it should not be windy. Um, so... Yeah, I really appreciate this. Okay, it, well, we got to run it's because very, we're... it's a very hard weed to get rid of, and um, I, I I just wish I could get you know do something. Now, I mean, they're they're hard. Sometimes they pull up pretty easily, but um, I guess there's probably still roots down there yeah. that I don't know rhizomes that I don't know about. Yep, we got to go to break, Alice. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a break now, and we've got a bunch of text messages. And you can give us a call, 407-916-5400, and you can ask Tom and I a question about your garden. Or Colton will pay the bill at one 45 lawn Excuse there me. one And maybe Joni will pay the bill. I don't know. But when we, when we come back, we'll have a lot more questions and information for you. I'm Tom McCubbin, and this is Florida's Talk and Entertainment Network. Welcome back to Better Lawns and Gardens. Happy to have you with us. We're going to go right now to some text messages here. And, and some of them are just nice information. Uh, for instance, it says, my name is Bill. Uh, it's in Tallahassee. I take care of the plants here at Lakeside RV Park. Said they've been getting needed rain, which is kind of nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have Peterson Nursery in Lakeland. They're repotting orchids this morning at 10 o'clock. And they ask uh, to bring, I guess, just bring in two plants per couple, they said. And they want everybody to have a nice Memorial Day. And uh, let me see this one here. Uh, um, uh, this is uh, Ron in Cottondale, Florida. Uh, the tomatoes in their second season, uh, full sunlight or partial sunlight for growing. Full sun. Full sun, definitely. Yeah. Um, and here's one here. Uh, crepe myrtles have developed crinkly leaves and have a white velvety substance on them. Uh, and that's uh, powdery mildew. Powdery sure. mildew. Uh, normally, it's not a bad problem, uh, but uh, if you have a variety susceptible, you can get a one of the systemic fungicides that would help. Yeah, and it also helps to not plant them so close together yeah. or next to the house. Oh yeah, good air circulation will help you know, p- the trees from not getting powdery mildew. Yeah, there we go. Let's go to Rhonda in Orlando. Good morning, Rhonda. Yes, hi. This is Rona. Oh, I'm Thank sorry, Rona. Yeah, we've got no about problem. a minute, Rona. So let's, let's see if we can get to your question. I've got um, some trees, and they're filled with some thick-coated green scab, and then some little, um, uh, like, pine-looking thing that you kind of peel off, and they're killing the trees. Lichens. Lichens, and, you know, that's not going to kill the tree, but there's a reason why they're there. You usually see them in trees that are, are declining Suppress, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what? How? what is the tree? Do you know what the tree is? Well, fruit trees and some of the edges, once they go on there, they just kind of coat them with that green. You can almost peel them off. You're, talking, you can you're talking about citrus okay. trees? Uh, citrus trees is even my little rose tree. How and, often are you watering? Uh, well, I, I know I'm not watering well enough, that's for sure, because right now there's a water shortage and my sprinkler is um, broken, so I'm kind of just turning it on and, and watering, but okay. not on the schedule. Okay, if you, have, li- if, you, 
if you have lichens like that, uh, what it's telling you the tree is not growing properly. And it could be water, it could be fertilizer. If it's a citrus tree, it could be greening. A yeah. disease is taking them out. It's going to take them out no matter what you do. Uh, so okay. there, there's something else besides the lichens. I mean, you can spray uh, citrus trees with a copper fungicide. It's labeled for citrus, and it will suppress the lichens, but it may not make the tree any better. So you're going to have well, to go through and uh, uh, probably find out totally what's wrong. And like Teresa says, it may be a watering extreme problem one way or the other or just lack of fertilizer. Yeah, just lack of fertilizer. It's, it's a symptom of something else that's going on, Rona. Okay. Okay. Will, you have to I'll, find I'll out what that you. is. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Here's one here. We can get in real quick before we have to leave here. Uh, what is used to kill grubs in yard? One acre. And this is John in Winter Garden. Uh, there's a 24-hour grub control by BioAdvance. And the active ingredient is Dilox. And you might be able to buy Dilox in other forms and just follow the label on it. We're starting to see sod webworms, too. So, you know, that's something that you might want to look at. You know, if you're seeing the little moth fly up, then you need to use a grubicide. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen now, hour number two? Hour number two, we're going to talk about Memorial Day and what plants uh, to plant for containers for red, white, and blue. And then also about poppies and then some special roses that you can buy for Memorial Day. I know you have some neat roses there that with some neat names and things like that for Memorial Day. It is. I, it's, it was fascinating. So some new ones that are out in the market and some old varieties that are the holiday favorites. Yep. You can still text us right now and get uh, uh, questions in that way, 23680, and uh, we'll happy to answer it. You might, if you want to get online, you can, but it's going to be a wait uh, before we fire up hour number two. But our number here, of course, is one triple eight forty five laws. We'll be back. I'm Tom McCubbin. This is Better Lawns and Gardens, and this is Florida's Talk and the Entertainment Network.